Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Uh, As we close in to the end of the year, there's lots of uncertainty in this country. And that's what usually happens when you have a weak president, as we do. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Latest poll, Monmouth University. A bit sketchy. Uh, Mama's history isn't the best. But we'll give you the results. 803 adults, not registered voters. Registered voters... That is the micro detail that is best in politics. But this is 803 adults, Democrat 31, Republican 29, Independent 38. That's fair. First question, do you approve or disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing as president? Approved 34 percent, disapproved 61, no opinion five. I mean, that's a colossal repudiation of any president. Second question, do you approve or disapprove of how Joe Biden's handling inflation? Approved 28, disapproved 68. So this is Bidenomics. Uh, Everybody's paying more for the essentials. I mean, it's as simple as that. Third one, immigration, do you approve? 26, even lower than inflation, disapproved 69%. That's a whopping number. Okay, come back to me, please. So when you see numbers like this, the outlook for President Biden is going to stay the same or get worse because you're not going to have a massive drop in prices for essentials. Oil prices go up and down depending on supply and refinery capacity. You'll see them come up for the summer. They always do. But what you're paying for food, for travel, for insurance, on and on and on, it's going to be tough to get those prices down, especially in 11 months. So remember, we vote next November. 
on the border, they'll make some deal in January and then Biden will say, yeah, we're going to tighten it up or whatever. But it's so far gone down there. So many people are here already and he's not going to deport them. That it's just a catastrophe, even if he shut everything down tomorrow, it'd be a catastrophe. So he, he's going to ride into the election, President Biden, with huge deficits. Now, on the other side, you just don't know. Because Donald Trump is unpredictable, to say the least, and the legal system is after him. The MAGA people will stay with him no matter what. 35% of the population maybe falls into the MAGA category now. Not enough to win. But clearly, Donald Trump is running ahead of Joe Biden. Now, three presidents who had lower approval rating, job approval rating than Biden has now, were Donald Trump. This was uh, January 12th, 29% job approval, 2021. Bush the Elder, August 2nd, 1992, 29% approval. Jimmy Carter, right when he was uh, going into the campaign of 79, 28% approval. Can I remember uh, Ted Kennedy um, was hovering around then, but Carter got the nomination and then he ran against Ronald Reagan, got whacked. Okay, so the polling now indicates there will be a change. All right, Biden will not be elected. I don't even think he's going to run, as I've told you many times, but that's speculation on my part. And that's a memo. Kamala Harris back in the news. Remember, she was assigned to the root causes of migration to the United States (laughs) did absolutely zero. Now she's going on the road, the Fight for Reproductive Freedom Tour. Yeah, right on. Okay, so she's going to Wisconsin January 22nd, then other places to uh, tell people that abortion is a good thing and uh, all women should have uh, the right to do anything they want with no limits at all, ever. Pretty extreme position, if you think about it. Uh, and that's what Kamala Harris will do. Okay, Let's, uh, I asked for a pollster today. And I wanted somebody different um, because, you know, we, we like to get a wide variety of voices on No Spin News. So we got um, Sean Bartley. He's coming to us from Ashland, Ohio. He is a pollster for American Pulse Research and Polling. Okay, uh, my numbers from Monmouth, and again, I'm I'm not endorsing the Monmouth poll. Um, It's not been great in the past, but does that coincide with what you're seeing? Yeah, we're uh, we're seeing these kind of numbers uh, everywhere. Wall Street Journal had uh, uh, President Biden at his lowest uh, approval rating uh, in the history of their uh, survey with him as president. Uh, our uh, American Pulse polling have sh- has shown the same thing. Um, really, his uh, Biden's approval rating tracking with the approval rating on the economy. Uh, and you you got right to it. Uh, the the economic numbers, specifically for what people are feeling at the gas pump uh, and at the grocery store, those aren't changing. And it's what they're going to experience here in the next uh, couple of weeks and through the end of the year. That's what they're going to have when they uh, uh, when they're uh, having people over for Christmas dinner. It's what they're going to have when they're traveling, um, and it's what they're going to have uh, on the inflation numbers on the Mammoth poll. 
is what they're going to have when they pay for Christmas uh, either this year or next year. Okay. Uh, um, I, as I said, I don't expect the uh, spending uh, problem for the American public any better. But you have a situation now where we're stair-stepping to the conventions in uh, the summer. So Iowa looks like a lock for uh, President Trump, former President Trump right now. Is that what you guys have? Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're seeing everywhere. Uh, if you go to the uh, Des Moines Register poll, um, uh, which is considered the gold standard out there, it shows uh, President Trump actually in their December poll at over 50% for the first right. time. Okay, so let's uh, assume that Trump wins uh, along the lines of what the Des Moines Register is saying. That means DeSantis has got to go, right? Because DeSantis made his stand in Iowa, and he's not going to get any money to run his campaign if he gets whacked in Iowa, which would have looked like he would. Is that what you expect to happen? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that you're going to see is all the numbers have shown uh, Nikki, Nikki Haley gaining on that second place uh, yeah. that, uh, that used to be the, the DeSantis spot uh, in Iowa in particular. And then you go to New Hampshire, um, she's the clear second place person. Uh, you go to South Carolina where she used to be governor. She's in second place again. So, okay. I don't um, expect Haley to be in second place in Iowa. I think DeSantis will beat her, but yeah. I think that the Trump will want, win so dominant. Now DeSantis gets out of the race and he's going to have to. Most of those voters are going to go to Trump. I think. Yeah. So, right. Uh, so the DeSantis American crew goes over to Trump. Yeah, in our American polls, uh, polling, we asked who's your second place choice of Republican primary voters. And uh, the second place choice of DeSantis voters uh, was Donald Trump. Um, right. And Nikki Haley at that time really wasn't registered. So that's what them, the media so. is not telling anybody that exactly. the DeSantis thing in Iowa coming up January 15th, very, very quickly, um, could very well help Donald Trump. Now, New Hampshire is not a friendly state to Trump. Um, Christie has banked everything there. She's not going to make it. Haley, I think, will do well in New Hampshire. I think she'll, and then the media will get behind Haley uh, after that. And then they go on, um, I think it's South Carolina next. Is that what you said? South Carolina? That's correct. Yep. Okay. And then South Carolina is Trump territory. But Haley mm -hmm. is a favorite daughter there as the governor of the state. Without DeSantis, DeSantis voters go to Trump. Trump should win that pretty handily. So here's the question, Sean. Yes. Is it all over after South Carolina? Is that it? Then Trump. Well, you know, in our in our uh, in in our most recent poll of Republican primary voters, 70 percent say that uh, uh, that they think Donald Trump is the nominee. So. Uh, even people who aren't voting for him. So, uh, yeah, they believe the, and the bookies uh, in London, <laughs> Ladbroke, they got Trump, you know, big to nominate. Final question for you. Yep. Um, you. You know, the Democrats, they're pretty sophisticated in their uh, the way they run their campaigns. Everybody knows Biden is in severe, severe trouble. Is there any indication of a number two if Biden does submit his resignation for health reasons, which is what he would do? Is there any indication of who would then move in from your polling? 
Yeah, so we we've asked that of folks like who would you want to see first? Uh, you know, really a third of uh, only a third of voters definitely want Biden to stay uh, at the top of the ticket, and then a third say that they definitely want somebody else. And when asked who they want, um, uh, Gavin Newsom is somebody who jumps up there. Um, but the you know it's really shaping up just the way that they've created the uh, the primary calendar uh, that we're talking. The, the only way that they're going to be able to change nominees at this point is to do it at convention. Yeah. Uh, and that is yeah, the primary. Uh, you can't get on the ballot. You can't. Yeah. I know that. But that's the goal. Again, go into the convention with the delegates. Don't have Biden there and they'll elect somebody. Newsom's not very strong. I don't think he will be strong. He's run California into the ground, but that's just my opinion. Hey, Sean, have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for helping us out. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Let's now turn to the Christian view of anti-Semitism, and I'm going to bring in perhaps the most eloquent, uh, high-profile spokesperson for the Catholic faith in America. His name is Bishop Robert Barron. He's out of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota. He has founded a group called Word on Fire that Catholics read and pay attention to. All right, Bishop, you just heard... Uh, Bernie Goldberg. Now, when I was in Catholic school, um, sometimes in solitary confinement by punishment from the nuns, um, uh. I was taught that anti-Semitism was a sin against the Catholic Church, Christian religion, against Jesus God. I was taught it was a fairly significant sin. Does that hold? 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, prejudice against any group would be a sin, but in a very special way, I'd say prejudice against Jews. Uh, Pius XI said that we Christians are all spiritually Semites, that we're, we're all Jews by our spiritual uh, inheritance. Jesus, we say, is the fulfillment of Israel. Vatican II, in its statement, Nostra Aetate, made a very strong statement against uh, any form of anti-Semitism. So I think the nuns that taught you were right on target, and they've been uh, confirmed by the church's teaching ever since. Now, there has been controversy between Israel and um, the Catholic Church, particularly uh, Pope Francis, who um, doesn't want Israel to um, wage war against the Palestinians. He just came out yesterday because there were two Catholics who were killed uh, allegedly by Israeli forces, but we, it's so foggy in there, it's very hard to tell. And then when Jewish people hear that, the Pope saying, criticizing the Netanyahu government, some of them believe that Pope's not sympathetic to the Jewish religion at all. Yeah, I don't think that's fair. When he was in Argentina, he was very close to the Jewish community and counts a number of, of prominent rabbis among his friends. I mean, I don't think it's true at all that he's personally anti-Semitic. I think what he's saying, Bill, is Israel has a right to self-defense. That's part of Catholic social teaching. But also, as you know, in the just war theory, in the waging of war, we have to be both discriminating and uh, proportional. And so I think he, what he's urging is that those two principles be honored. Um, you know, it's always a prudential judgment uh, to what degree we're legitimately proportional and discriminating. But as I read him, I think he's just insisting upon that part of, of the church's social teaching. Yeah, and there is a, uh, in the Catholic Church, a righteous defense that you're allowed to defend yourself yeah. against evildoers. And I, I mean, look, there's nobody on earth that knows more about terrorism than I do because I wrote the book Killing the Killers and Hamas, yeah. top of the chart. Top of the chart. Yeah. That. Let's shift into Christmas, as you know, Bishop, and, and I expect to get to heaven because of this. I saved Christmas in America. I don't know <laughs> where you were at that point, but it was a huge campaign in the early part of the century for retailers and towns and counties to banish the word Christmas. And we went on Fox News night after night, and we just put up that this department store was ordering their employees not to say the word Christmas. This town was taking the crash out and all of that stuff. And we won because of money, because the people listening to me and I got a huge amount of attention. All right. Wouldn't go to the stores that I named that wouldn't um, say yeah. the word Christmas. So we won. And here in the Northeast, Christmas is back. Almost everywhere you go, it's Merry Christmas. They say Happy Holidays, too, but Christmas dominates. Is that now over, that controversy about not saving Christmas? Is that over? I hope so. I think you're right. It's changed in the course of, of my lifetime. I think in the last you know many years, we watched it move from a certain antipathy toward a greater acceptance. And you're quite right in the, you know, the way you fought it years ago. That was a fight worth having because it was a stupid position to say that somehow Christians have to hide their Christianity in the public forum. As you well know, there's nothing in the founding documents or in the ethos of our country that would dictate that we have to hide our religion in the public square. Uh, that we don't have an officially recognized religion in our country, sure, that's one thing. But then say for a second, 
that we have to hide our, our, our religion publicly. So that was a good fight to have. I'm glad we had it. And I think one of the most important things today is that religious people can come together in the public square and have a, a real conversation, a real argument. There's a middle ground between religious violence and a kind of religious indifferentism. And it's called religious engagement and argument in the public square. That's what I'm for. Okay. The Christian point of view is that we honor Jesus's birthday. And it wasn't on December 25th. You know, you read Killing Jesus and we did the whole history there. But it's a nice day to have it. It's dark and cold in many places, particularly where you are in Minnesota. It's a nice, yeah. nice day to have in and in, in a season. But the worthiness of Christmas was picked up by U.S. Grant, the president of the United States, who said, I'm designating this day as a federal holiday out of respect, not pushing religion, but out of respect for a theology that has helped the United States. And it, it ha if everybody, I say to my non-Catholic friends and even the people who hate Catholics because of the scandals and other things, I say, look, if everybody followed what the Nazarene put forth, wouldn't have any wars, wouldn't have any strife, would we? And why no, should that enough. be honored? Why shouldn't that be honored? And that's what we're doing here in America. Well, I think, too, you know, the church fathers summed up Christianity with the phrase, God became man, that man might become God. And what they meant was, by this great act of the incarnation, God's inviting deification, that we can become sharers in God's nature. Well, there is a political implication of that, because that's where human dignity is grounded. Yes, in our intelligence and our will and our freedom and so on, but ultimately in our destiny, that we're destined to be citizens in heaven. And from that destiny comes our dignity. And I would say that, that any healthy democracy has to rest finally upon a keen sense of human dignity, which is why I would link Christmas and the great claim that it makes to the ideals of our democracy. Well, that's what the founding fathers did. It was a brawl between uh, Patrick Henry and his crew that wanted the United States to be designated a Christian country and Ben Franklin and Madison and Jefferson, as I write about in Killing the Witches. I'm going to send you that book. You need to read that book, uh, Bishop. Because I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, that, that's a good one for you, because it was a real tug in the beginning of this uh, country about how to handle the religious aspect. And, and it all stemmed from Salem. It all stemmed from that yeah. horror that, that went on there. So I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, your view, Christmas in America, 2023. Go. Well, I think it's important for us as Americans, as, as Christians, to celebrate uh, Christmas for the reason I just uh, articulated. There's no greater guarantee of our, of our dignity than that God has reached out to us, has become small, that he might raise us up. That basic conviction, I mean, whether you're explicitly Christian or not, that basic conviction, I think, is essential to our uh, democracy. When we lose a sense of God's embrace of us in pretty short order, you move toward totalitarianism. You move toward an indifference to human life. But see, I, I, I'm with Tom Holland here, the great uh, the English historian, that so many of our values, whether we know it or not, are grounded in these Christian claims. And one of them is the incarnation, which leads to deification. That's where our sense of human dignity, I think, ultimately comes from. All right, Bishop, thanks very much for helping us out. 
Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right, now we have to go to the opposite spectrum, Yemen, chaotic country in the Gulf. It's run by uh, Houthi terrorists, and uh, the terrorists are shooting at ships. Uh, a Norwegian-owned vessel, all right, the MBS Swan, was uh, fired on by missiles from, by the Houthis. The missiles came from Iran. So far, uh, the United States hasn't really done much. So, not in the spirit of Christmas, and I'm sorry to say this, but if I were the president, I'd have a few airstrikes on the Houthis in Yemen. I'd take out their uh, command and control, all of their launchers. We know where they are. It's a desert. It's not like they're hiding in the woods. I just level a place. And then I'd say to Iran, you continue this, your harbors are going. You're taking out all your harbors. That's what's going to happen to you. Sorry for the uh, down... But that's what you got to do if you want to maintain order on this planet. Billionaires Ken Griffin, conservative, David Geffen, very liberal, band together to give $400 million to fight cancer. So Griffin's worth uh, $36 billion, Geffen about $10 billion. And they're going to give the money to uh, Memorial Sloan Kittering, uh, the cancer center in New York City, very fine place, $400 million. Save a lot of lives. Biggest single donation in the history of uh, Kettering. So, Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy Hanukkah, Mr. Geffen. Okay, so as I mentioned, the inquiry vote, um, 221 to 212 party lines. Um, you would expect that because we're in the middle of a cultural and political civil war in this country. This is the second civil war. We're in, it's underway right now. And next November, the presidential vote will tell the tale who's going to win. 
That's how important next year is. Okay, so the House tomorrow, it's sayonara. They're done. And they're back into their districts. And so is the, and they won't be back till January 9th. See, I, I work harder than they do, a lot harder. And then um, the Senate leaves tomorrow as well, back January 8th. So nothing's going to get done. But what about, what about this compromise um, between the Biden administration and the Republicans over border Ukraine-Israel? Where does that stand? Thank you for asking. This will get done in early January. The Biden administration has to make compromises on the border. It has to do something because Biden's numbers are cratering so low. So they will. Whether they'll enforce it or not, nobody knows. I have no confidence in the Biden administration to do anything ever. Okay, that's why I'm going to, and I never tell anybody who I vote for, but I could never possibly pull a lever for Joe Biden under any circumstances. Okay, and then the money will go to Ukraine and Israel so they can defend themselves. That will happen, but it'll happen in January. Supreme Court is going to hear whether Donald Trump this is very confusing, and I don't want to be wrong. But essentially, here, here's what it is. And the Supreme Court doesn't come back to January either, but the Trump lawyers have to submit briefs uh, on the 20th of December. Essentially, Trump is uh, charged with four counts of conspiracy to prevent the election from being carried out. That's it, four counts of conspiracy. Trump's lawyers say you can't do that because, number one, Trump was president at the time and he was doing what he thought was right. Okay? So you can't charge him because he's president, he's doing what he thought he was right. Trump believes then and now that the election was a fraud. That's what he believes. And he's entitled in the Constitution to believe that. Hasn't proven it, hasn't come close to proving it, but that's what he believes. Second is that this has already been adjudicated by impeachment. And he was found not guilty in the Senate. Can't try him twice. Double jeopardy. That's what the Supreme Court is saying. Whether opinion can be used to drive a conspiracy criminal charge. You can't. So what Smith, the special prosecutor, has to do is show the Supreme Court in his briefs that it was more than opinion on Trump's part, that he he did certain things to stop, all right, the transfer of power. Now, I'm sure one of the arguments is going to be Mike Pence, the vice president, and Trump is telling him, don't certify the electoral votes. You guys remember that. But Pence went over and certified the electoral votes. (laughs) Trump didn't stop him, right, didn't have... Uh, the U.S. Marshals grab him. He just said, I I don't think you should do it. That's an opinion. However, not trying this case on television or radio. I'm just giving you both sides of the story. All right, let's go to Boston. So uh, my second home, as many of you know, I attended Boston University. I attended Harvard. I worked for Channel 5 in Boston, Channel 7 in Boston. My mother has a degree from Boston University. Uh, we have big Boston ties. I know Boston as well as anybody knows Boston. Boston has 
a far left mayor. All right. A woman named Michelle Wu. And, you know, Boston's a progressive town. And there's Michelle. So Michelle sends out Christmas party invitations. However, the Christmas party itself is only for people of color, no white people. Now, Michelle did, didn't think that would get public. I don't know why, <laughs> but it did. And now everybody's yelling at Michelle, what is this segregated Christmas party? White people can't go? And the answer is no. <laughs> you weren't invited if you're white. So why is anybody surprised? That's my question. Why are you surprised? The progressive movement, of which Michelle Wu is a big part, hates white men, despises white men, don't want to be anywhere near a white man, and some white women who like the white men, I guess. I don't, I don't know where that line is, but I know white men are evil. That's the patriarchy, okay? White men. So now Michelle Wu has to explain herself. Go. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in, in typing the email field. And um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. Yeah, so now she says, we're having other parties where if you're white, you can go. But that's not the point, Ms. Mayor. Why are you having a segregated party for anybody? That's not America. That's not e pluribus unum, the Latin, okay, out of many one. No, you're segregating your city. Now, as somebody who covered the busing fiasco in the 1970s in Boston when I was a very young reporter, now you're going back to that. But it's the other side. Not good. California. Now, this is Gavin Newsom. So two years ago, when Newsom took over, the state of California had a $68 billion, um, $100 billion surplus. He walks in, and this is Jerry Brown, stacked that money up because they taxed people in California to the most extent they could possibly tax you. $100 billion. Two years later, there's $68 billion in the red. Are you kidding me? And the projection is in the next four years, they're going to be $155 billion debt in California. Now, if you were to ask Gavin Newsom about it, he wouldn't answer the question, number one, and he wouldn't even acknowledge the facts. Wouldn't even acknowledge. And this comes from the Legislative Analysis Office in Sacramento. Comes from his own government. Wouldn't acknowledge it. Would deflect, but, but how can he run for president, even if Biden doesn't run? It, it, just that. He's mismanaging fiscally the state. This is insane. I, you know, I see these numbers and I go, oh my God. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> A real POS. 
you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's go overseas. Gaza. So the United Nations hates Israel. Okay? Always has. Uh, You know, the third world countries see Israel as a bully uh, as a persecutor of the Arabs, of the Palestinians. And the UN buys into that. Everybody knows that. But the only stats that we have out of the war between Israel and Hamas come from the UN. And I'm going to report the stats, but I'm telling you I'm a little skeptical. Okay. So according to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, 18,000 Palestinians have been killed so far in Gaza, 18,000. 70% of the 18,000 women and children dead, okay? More than 49,000 have been injured. These are Palestinians living in Gaza. You remember on October 7th, 1,200 Israelis uh, were killed by Hamas, okay? 100 Israeli soldiers subsequently have been killed in the war. 600 Israeli soldiers have been injured. 85% of the population in Gaza, according to the UN, 85%, almost 2 million people, are displaced. They're out of their homes. Homes have been destroyed or they're too dangerous. They're gone. They're wandering around. Okay? And according to the UN World Food Program, about 90% of the Gaza residents don't have enough food. That's pretty harrowing. Now, again, is it true? I don't know. But I know that the people who were living, who are living in existence in Gaza are suffering. You have to acknowledge that. It's true. But what choice? The people in Dresden, Germany, suffered in World War II. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Tokyo, they all suffered. What's a choice? Hamas is going to try to kill Jews. You got to root them out. It's not easy rooting them out because the terrorists are shooting at the Israelis. The Israelis are bombing the hell out of Gaza. If it were me, I would be going out of my way not to hurt the civilians, but they're going to get hurt. It's a war in a war zone, very narrow war zone. Okay. Bernie Sanders, he's the head of the progressive movement in America, the senator from Vermont. Here's what he says. Go. Israel is losing the war in terms of how the world is looking at this 
situation. And I think that it would be irresponsible for the United States to give Netanyahu another $10 billion to continue to wage this awful uh, war. Now, the reason that Sanders is so irresponsible is that, number one, Israel's not losing the war. That's ridiculous. But they're obviously, worldwide, the hatred toward Israel is growing. That's true. Sanders has no clue on how to negate Hamas. None. He'd let Hamas sit there and do it again and again and again and again. Bernie Sanders no solution to anything. So you should know who the head of the progressive movement is and what he thinks. Zelensky, president of Ukraine, is coming to Washington for the third time since February 22 tomorrow to ask for money. Okay. You know, we've discussed and discussed and discussed. You can't let Putin win, and Ukraine takes money to fight Putin. Putin thinks that the West is going to fold now, and he's hanging on. But the Republicans of Congress say, okay, you want the money, 60 million more, you got to tighten the border, and Biden won't compromise at all. I wouldn't vote for giving Ukraine the money until Biden tightens the border. Again, all Biden has to do tonight, tomorrow, sign an executive order. The executive order says the United States is suspending all claims of asylum for one year because we have too many and we can't adjudicate them. One year, no more claims of asylum from anyone. Stops. Everybody's sent back where they belong. That hard? Not hard. Okay, final thought of the day. Merry Christmas to everybody. And I got a gift. So we did a show, live show, Sid Rosenberg and uh, myself at the Paramount Theater, Huntington. We love that place. Um, about a two-hour show. Big hit. Everybody loved it. And we know that because we had people in the lobby afterward asking them. And um, the show was a New York state of mind, basically how New York was when I was growing up and how it is now. When I was an urchin, we had a gang. Not a gang like West Side Story, the Sharks and the Jets. We didn't have switchblades. But we had a guy, you know, a hang, guys. We had a gang, a crew. They didn't call it a crew, they called it a gang. We were harmless but annoying, <laughs> okay? And some of the people in the neighborhood did not like us very much. I told that story, and here it is. Go. So my gang were wise guys. We weren't destructive. We weren't the charts and the jets, you know, with the switchblades. We didn't do that. But we were annoying, very annoying. So playing stickball on patience only one time. And again, to the value system there, everybody in the neighborhood respected the right of the children to play in the street. That was part of the culture of New York. You played in the street, right? So we had a couple of Spaldines. Remember Spaldines, you guys out there? And they, they went about 35 cents a piece, which was big money back then. So one of the guys hits this humongous home run and it goes on a guy's lawn. And the guy's name was Oberwagger. And no one liked him. He runs out, he takes the ball. 
He takes it, he runs in the house with our ball, our Spalding. You're gonna stay off my lawn. Silence. Okay. Board meeting. Over at Justin McDevitt's house. What are we gonna do? I'm a genius at this. I said, here's what we're gonna do. Oberwagger has two little kids, two and four, something like that. At nine o'clock tonight, Dave McDevitt, who is maybe eight, is gonna climb a tree outside Oberwagger's house. And he's gonna tape an alarm clock to the tree. And we're gonna set it for 10 o'clock. I had the alarm clock. It was the loudest alarm clock in the history of alarm clocks. So Dave, who didn't know anything, he's eight. We gave him a three musketeers and said, Dave, get up that tree. Take the thing, which he did. So there we are, we're across the street in the bushes, 10 o'clock. Bing, 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 bing. And it doesn't stop. And then the kids start to cry. And then all the lights come on in the house. And then he runs out in his shorts. And he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where it is. It's in the tree, but he doesn't know where it is. Are we hysterical? I was, it was, so he calls the police. <laughs> We split, you know. So we run. I literally ran through the backs of all the houses to get to my house and go up the back stairs to bed. Boy, I made it, but it was a close call. I wouldn't be here right now if my father, and he got a call. My father got a call because um, they knew after a while that I was behind it and my gang was behind it. But I'm up, and I hear is walking up the, remember that? Walking up the stairs, if you had a bedroom when you were a kid up there, like this. I got away with it. That was one of the funniest things. So anyway, uh, I hope you liked the story. It was uh, an age of innocence. Uh, that was, I would say, 1964, 63 in there, in that range. Beatles were just coming around. And uh, I had dinner with some of my crew that I mentioned in that piece uh, about three weeks ago. I, everybody still keeps in touch with Levittown. And it was just, um, it was like when you are thinking about past Christmases, you know, you conjure up these really good, funny memories. And, um, you know, this is the first time I ever admitted to doing that. I think the Statue of Limitations has run out on waking up little kids in the middle of the night, but actually happened. So I, I hope you like the story. It's my gift to you. And, um, you know, the whole thing, if you buy the bundle of uh, all 13 killing books, you get the whole show uh, downloaded to you. Um, so I'm not doing this for a promotion. I genuinely thought you would like that story, and that's my Christmas gift to you. But if you want to see the whole thing, you can by uh, getting the bundle. Okay, thank you very much. As usual, this is our last show of the year. 
And I appreciate, you know, the most loyal, smartest audience in the world. That's you guys. We've got millions of people now watching us on YouTube and on BillOReilly.com on the first. All our partners, our distribution all over the world. Um, there are some countries who block us, by the way. I'm going to tell you about them in January. Um, but a lot of countries don't. And now we're getting reaction from everywhere. But it's you here in the United States that's the core crew um, and makes us uh, the most successful independent news agency in the world. That's who we are now. So thank you very much. I want you to have a very Merry Christmas, very Happy New Year. See you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.